Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. So as you know, I am a bit of a book junkie. Now, I strive to read at least one book every week. And I love to learn and always fill my head with new ideas and new concepts. I recently finished the book called Effortless by Greg McEwen. Now, it's a great read, and there are a lot of gems inside. And you might have heard of his earlier book years ago called Essentialism, which was a really big hit. Now, that book had a huge impact on me. And it not only changed the way that I work forever, it convinced me that multitasking was actually bad and doing more harm than good. And so many other gems that really impacted how I work. I remember I read it when I was doing a workation in San Diego. I read it cover to cover. I went through the whole book. And then I went through the entire book. Again, I finished reading it cover to cover, and then I started right back at page one again. And to date, I have to say, I've read a lot of books two times, but never back to back like that, never finishing it one day and then flipping right back to the first page because there was just so much wisdom in that book that I wanted to take away, and I wanted to make sure that it would all sink in. Now, in this latest book, though, called Effortless, he shares a very personal story towards the end of the book, and it's a story about his daughter and their journey through her illness that really had a huge impact on me, and it inspired me to create this episode for you today. You see, they discover that his daughter was ill, and as a family, they decided on a collaborative approach to help her heal and get better and recover. And how they did it is a little bit different than we typically approach any sort of mysterious illness. Usually we take a more is better approach and we go on all these tangents. We go digging around for research and campaigning and advocating and we add in all these activities to our lives that essentially make us busier and take time away from the one thing that needs us most, the person who's in recovery. They need our time, our attention, our love, and our concern, and our cuddles, and our hugs. So as a family, they decided they would take more of a simplified approach, and they decided on what they could do was cutting back on term in terms of obligations and spend more quality time with their family doing the things that they love together. So I was really inspired by this personal story, and I think I decided that this is a strategy that we can all incorporate into different areas of our life. It's called the art of subtraction. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to explain what subtraction actually is and how it can help us. Then in the second segment, we will look at some work examples of subtraction, And then in the third segment, we're going to reflect on how you can use subtraction. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? To truly understand subtraction, we need to understand its opposite, addition. 
And in our current culture of hyper-consumerism, of excessive consumption, we as a society, we believe and cherish that having more is better, acquiring more, doing more, being more, collecting more. It's this faster, stronger, smarter mentality. But is more always better? We have so many authors and experts and influencers, people like Gary Vee, telling us we have to hustle and do more. And if we're not busy working 18 hours a day, then there's something wrong with us and we don't deserve to have success. Well, I disagree highly with this approach. However, it is really ingrained into our collective consciousness. And I see how people fall into this trap, the trap of more is better. And if we want to evoke change in our life, then we have to go on a rampage of new and adding things in. Now, even though I'm a minimalist, I am a minimalist, and I'm very conscious about what I buy, I limit the things I own. I am still guilty of addition. And I do this with fitting things into my schedule or uh, adding things in with clients. For example, if a client claims they want to start living into their core values of health more, we instantly start making a list of new things that they can do. New eating habits, exercise habits, meditation habits, sleep habits, mindset shifts. And guess what? These are all things that we are adding in to their life. They are all things that we are going to take up more of their precious time. And so I've started to question this. Why are we always adding in? Why do we always default to adding more into our life without considering what needs to be taken away to accommodate that new, that more, that bigger, that better? So this is where subtraction comes in. What are things that we can do that will subtract and make our life easier. We want to really honor that value of health, yes. Now, I'm not talking about creating limitations or new rules like I won't bring chocolate into the house or I will never drink a glass of wine during the weeknight again. Because those aren't really, that's not really what I'm talking about when I mean subtraction. Those are really just sneaky should goals or punishing goals and they come from your saboteurs, right? What I'm talking about with subtraction is, I mean, what are the big shifts that you can take in your life that will help you to feel healthy without adding more things to your to-do list? This could include less weekly obligations. Doing things, you know, that you don't really want to do. Let's get those out of your life. Stop comparing. Cut back on your social media. Anything that doesn't make you feel good about yourself is an ideal thing to get rid of. It's also ongoing and preventing you from saying yes every single time an opportunity presents itself to you. So stop and think about it. Be really honest with yourself. Is this something that will bring me joy? Will it help me feel more balanced? Will it take me towards my value of health? If not, then it is a hard no. So if you really do have some time to, to take to do reflection here, you will see that by default, in most instances in your life, when you want to make change, we do typically just add in something new or pile on more activities and action items. It's just part of the program that we have in our consumption culture. So let's look at a work example. So I learned this brilliant lesson from a boss 
Ooh, I tried to do the math on this one. I'm thinking it's about 20 years ago, which sounds like a really long time, but it really was 20 years ago. And every year, I worked for him for five years. Every year, we would start out with a really, you know, an adequate marketing budget. And then after our first full quarter, the sales team, uh, not pointing fingers, but I do have to identify, the sales team would come to the realization that wah, wah, they weren't going to hit targets this year. So we had to do something about it, which meant we would have to cut our marketing spending to reduce costs, to compensate for the fact that their sales were light and they weren't going to hit their targets. Now, the problem with this was it happened every single year. We joked about it being an annual sales campaign of we're not going to hit our numbers and it happened every single year. It's like those furniture companies that have like annual going out of business sales. (laughs) Like, come on, who do you think you're kidding? So my boss did something different one year that I think was quite brilliant. You see, in most cases, our natural reaction when we get our budget cut is to jump on the bandwagon, you know, tow the company line all for one and one for all and say, no worries, we'll pick up the slack and we'll still deliver those, you know, 15 things that we said we would in our marketing plan. Don't you worry, we'll just modify and trim back a little bit everywhere and work within this new reduced budget. But no, 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 no. This year, he was not having it. We didn't do that. We didn't come back on a little bit in each line item. We cut back completely on the number of deliverables. And we moved, removed a bunch of entire projects and campaigns from that plan. So that instead of 15 things, that they would only really get 10 deliverables that year. After all, why should we work extra hours? Why should we trim back and bring things in-house just because our budget was taken away because they weren't hitting their numbers? Now, the narrative was simple. We're fine with you cutting the budget again, but you need to recognize that you're not going to get all the bells and whistles that you do in previous years. We're just not going to go there. That was a perfect example of subtraction in its purest form. Remember, it doesn't have to be more. It doesn't have to be bigger or better or faster or stronger. Sometimes what life is calling for is actually less. Doing less, committing to less, and taking less action. Okay, so I've shared a couple of examples of how subtraction can be used. What about you? In what ways... Can you use subtraction in your life and how can it add value to your work life, your personal life and make things actually easier? What can help you to feel more balanced and more valued in life? One recent example was this last Christmas that we had with COVID. And I know a lot of people who the the variant was the Omicron variant was just sweeping through this local area, especially in Canada. And so there's a lot of people that got sick right just before Christmas, and they had to cut back on gatherings that they normally do. Or they still had gatherings, but um, they just didn't do as many activities as they normally do. Now, as heartbreaking as that sounds, 
The honest truth is that most people were actually really grateful for this simplified approach to the holidays. Because let's face it, I love Christmas, I'm sure you love Christmas, but it does get a little bit out of hand every year with the more visiting and the more people and the obligations and the food and the presents and all the stuff and the things. And after it all happened, so many people came to me and said, you know, I'm really glad and grateful that we cut back this year, that we did things a little bit more relaxing, a little bit more spread out, a little bit more less stressful than we normally do. Now, the holidays are definitely a time in our life where we can (laughs) focus on subtraction and doing less instead of piling on more. Because more, as I said earlier, is not always a good thing. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on the art of subtraction. So I'm curious, what are you taking away from this episode? What did you learn today? What did you learn about yourself or about others? How will you be able to add subtraction into your life as a tool? Where could it help you out? Thanks for tuning in today. I am so glad that you're here. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with someone who really needs to hear it. Let's face it, I guarantee there's someone in your life who really needs to hear about subtraction. And it's almost like giving them permission. Hey, you can do less. You can, you really can. I've tried it, it worked. So this episode is a great conversation starter. You can also share it via social media or rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you choose to listen. So thanks for tuning in today and for being an amazing part of this community. I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday for another great episode. And remember that any fear, any resistance that you have is simply just your greatness in disguise.